0: Hello and welcome to the first ever Wildcat Scoop Emergency Podcast. Hopefully we don't do too many of these, or if we do, it's for good reasons. Um, But obviously tonight calls for one Arizona defensive coordinator Marcel Yates has been fired. In addition to Marcel Yates, linebacker coach John Rushing has been fired as well. Um, this podcast, we're not going to talk much about the possible candidates and things like that. Um, we're just going to kind of focus on the Marcel Yates era and what went wrong. A lot went wrong. I mean, let's let's be honest. But um, that's kind of what we're going to focus on. And later on this week, we'll touch on some of the candidates and maybe what Kevin Sumlin is looking for. Uh, for starters, Marcel Yates. Um, you know. It, it, People are gonna to point to the last few games, the Washington game, USC, and of course what happened with Stanford. Uh it, it's not a three game issue. Like I, I don't think Kevin Sumlin woke up um or woke up this morning or decided on the plane flight home, like, man, we've really played poorly these last three games. It's gonna cost Marcel Yates his job. Uh it is a much bigger and deeper issue. Than the simple, straightforward performance. Uh, It is a foundational issue. It is a personnel issue. It is a coaching issue. But the reality of the situation is it is an issue that Marcel Yates had plenty of time to fix and just couldn't get it done. Um, Do I blame him for all the struggles of the defense? No. But. Like I mentioned earlier this year, when you're comparing a guy that gets criticized like Noel Mazzoni to a guy that gets criticized like Marcel Yates, the difference is Mazzoni is still recruiting for his offense. Marcel Yates has been recruiting for his defense for years. We can complain about personnel and say that Arizona's personnel on the defensive side of the ball isn't good enough, but that's his side of the ball. Those are guys that he brought in. So yeah, okay, so let's say you say, oh, there's not enough depth on the defensive line. Well, Marcel Yates was the coordinator. He was running the defense when the defense brought in the fact that there's not enough guys on the defensive line. And so it always comes back uh, to Marcel Yates. And at the end of the day, Same with head coaches, coordinators, etc. Those are the guys that take the hits. Position coaches, they're important, very important in college football. But at the end of the day, it's the head coach that hires them. It's the defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator, that makes input on those hires, etc. There's a reason why these guys take the fall. And, and, you know, I, I said after last season I wrote an article saying that I didn't even think Marcel Yates deserved this season. You know, to be clear... I've never written one of those articles before, to my knowledge, that I remember, at least off the top of my head. But uh, Marcel Yates is a really good guy. Okay, it, it is not a personal thing at all. He is a guy that the players love. Remember, the players wanted him to be head coach, uh, which is crazy, but they wanted him to be head coach because they liked him. Uh, After Arizona's loss to Stanford on Saturday, Tristan Cooper went on a rant about how the coaches aren't to blame, the players are to blame. That's because they like Marcel Yates. I mean, Tony Fields, linebacker, who hopefully we'll be talking to on Tuesday, he is very vocal in his support for Marcel Yates. These guys loved him. They played hard for him. It is never and has never been a personal thing with Marcel Yates. College football is is a results-oriented business. And when you look at Arizona, the results just weren't there. You know, take a look at some of these defensive stats I have in front of me. This is out of 130 teams, all right? Arizona's total defense, 119th. Passing yards allowed, 128th. Scoring defense, 118th. Third down defense, 105th. Red zone defense, 125th. Okay, first down defense, 122nd. Okay, every defensive stat that you could possibly rank a team in with Arizona is bad. The rushing defense is 65th, but that's probably more because the passing yards allowed is 128th. The passing efficiency is 81st. All right, simply put, Arizona's defense is awful. And the thing is, it's actually worse statistically than it was last year. Okay, And, and we heard throughout the spring that uh, this year's defense would be better. We heard it in fall camp also. Marcel Yates even said, in a way, this is his first year, which is a crazy comment. But he was saying, you know, I, I think he was implying that he had more freedom under Sublin to call certain things as opposed to what he had under Rich Rod. The problem was Arizona's defense literally... No exaggeration, it did not improve. Overall defense, Arizona never finished higher than ninth in the Pac-12, which is insane. And in a day and age where defense matters, okay, yes, you need good offense to win in college football, but you take a look at the top teams in the conference, it's defense. Utah, their offense has improved, but their defense is insane. They're allowing like 11 points a game. Oregon, the reason why they're better is because their defense is better. Washington has pride of themselves on defense. Defense is the way to go, and I'm not saying that your head coach has to be a defensive mastermind or anything like that. Like Chris Peterson's known as an offensive coach, uh, which is kind of crazy, but different different subject. Um, but you need to be able to play defense to win Pac-12 titles, conference titles, to beat good teams. Like you need to be able to put a solid product on the field. And like I mentioned, okay, I'm not blaming coaching for everything. But it still goes back to Marcel Yates uh, with personnel and and things like that. Um, You know, to me, it started with overall recruiting. And, yes, recruiting under Kevin Sumlin has been disappointing so far. But, you know, we'll see how it closes out. They still have over 10 rides to give. You never know. But when you take a look at Marcel Yates and where things went wrong, you know, we talk about how Arizona had no depth. We've talked about how there's guys playing defense for Arizona that have no business playing defense for Arizona. When a cornerback gets hurt and the backup is a walk-on, that means you didn't recruit well. All right, it, It's it's that simple. Okay, It doesn't mean that that walk-on is super good most of the time. Sometimes it does. Credit to the walk-ons that are able to do that. But most of the time, it means that, simply put, the defenders that you have, the depth isn't good enough. All right? You look at the at the overall class of guys that Marcel Yates brought in defensively and they just haven't got it done. And eventually you have to take a look at the coordinators. Ready, Short, Safety, haven't even heard of them. Malik Housman, barely playing. Scotty Young has been awful this season. Xavier Bell, right? Not really playing. Plays a little bit. Mike King Johnson, transfer, Tony Wallace, didn't qualify, J.B. Brown, solid, not great, Anthony Pandy, it took Marcel Yates three years or whatever it is to figure out that Anthony Pandy was a good linebacker, okay, credit Pandy for saying that it was him, but it's still, I mean, you know, Kylan Wilborn, huge regress, I mean, major, major regress since uh, freshman season, can barely see the field now, Troy Young, okay, doesn't really play, all right, Jose Ramirez, outside linebacker, never made it to campus. Sione Tafahema, same thing, left. All right, that was Arizona's 2017 defensive class. Okay, 2018 defensive class, and yes, I'm doing this, you know, top of my head. Javon Hill didn't qualify. Nahe Salunga, doesn't play. Christian Young, decent. Give him, you know, some credit. Mackenzie Barnes, decent. Isaiah Johnson, not playing. Mikey Irving, not very good. All right, P.J. Johnson, he left, was a very good player. Uh, credit them, okay? 2016, and I'm not going to do this for all of Marcel Yates, but 2016, Chacho Aloha, rule type of guy. Kahi Nevis, we know what happened to him. Isaiah Hayes, transferred to Louisville. Colossaeone, injury. Jalen Cochran, not good enough to play. Gavin Robertson, not good enough to play. Justin Holt, not good enough to play, wound up transferring. I mean, Francisco Nelson, not good enough to play, wound up transferring. Like, it is just remarkable the amount of defensive players under Marcel Yates that this team recruited uh, that failed. And and you could keep going back. I mean, it, it's, you know, Anthony Mariscal, right? Fenton Connolly, credit to them. Devon Brewer, decent. Dane Cruikshank, solid NFL player, even though he didn't necessarily look like it at Arizona. Timmy Hamilton, you probably don't know who that is. Antonio Parks, transferred. Sammy Morrison, transferred. I mean, these are guys where it, it, it's just, yes, there's a certain fail rate with college football recruiting. It is not perfect by any means in any way, shape, or form. You could do this with most schools in the country. Even the best schools in the country, there's guys that you think are going to be really good um, but wind up leaving or or they aren't all that good the problem is the number of guys that failed on the defensive side for arizona uh is crazy i mean it's just it is it's just crazy uh and you take a look basically at at the guys that have failed and your chances of of guys uh in terms of stars right we always talk about stars um and your chance of guys with overall stars, uh, it's not going to... You're going more likely to have success with the four- or five-star guys, all right? It's just the way it is. Um, and so when you're only landing three-star guys, that uh, that is where your problem uh, begins. And I realize that some of the guys I mentioned uh, in terms of Marcel Yates yeah, that really, you know, you start 2017... Um, it, it, it's not fair to him to, to go earlier than that. I did go earlier than that with a couple guys, but that was kind of more of an Arizona perspective when I went back to 2016. Um, you know, he's not responsible obviously for, for recruiting those guys, you know, like the, uh, the Chachos, et cetera. But uh, to that point, it's a foundational issue. Like Arizona's defense hasn't been good, uh, for quite a while because of the fact that they haven't recruited. And so you say to yourself, okay, well, if you're going to take these three stars at Arizona, you need someone that can coach them up. And and Marcel Yates just wasn't that guy. Like, he's not that guy where you're saying, man, he's making something out of nothing. Colin Schooler, you know, fine, et cetera. Plenty of guys on the defense that have some individual talent, but there's just way more uh, way more failures and, and I think that when it comes down to it uh those are failures that you you have to blame uh on the coaching staff and and in this case, when you take a look at the defensive coaching staff uh, it, you know there's so many new faces uh that the the one common denominator is, is marcel gates it just uh, it, it just is and, and so Uh, it's tough because it's a results-oriented business, like I said, but the results just weren't there. You can make an argument that one of the downfalls of Marcel Yates was his hiring of John Rushing. Because here was a situation where Arizona's got some legit talent at linebacker. Um, They've got Colin Schooler. They've got Anthony Pandy. They've got Tony Fields. So there's some legit talent there. Marcel Yates and Kevin Sumlin deserve some blame for this too. Marcy Yates makes the decision to hire his friend John rushing and move himself to linebackers instead of keeping Scott Boone. And I wasn't the most vocal fan of Scott Boone. Like I don't think Scott Boone is a top 5 linebacker coach in the country, irreplaceable, etc. But if you're going to replace Scott Boone, who's now at North Carolina, you better replace him with someone that actually knows how to coach the position. All right. I mean, it's the equivalent of me saying, uh, you know, Noel Mazzoni should coach defensive coordinator, should be the defensive coordinator. You wouldn't do it because Noel Mazzoni's an offensive coach. John Rushing's background isn't at linebackers. It's in the secondary. The problem is that Marcel Yates basically hired his friend to join the defensive coaching staff. So first you had Marcel coaching linebackers when he wasn't a linebacker coach. And then you had Marcel realizing he wasn't a linebacker coach and moving back to the secondary. And instead of hiring a linebacker coach, he put in John Rushing to coach linebackers, who knew less about coaching linebackers than he did. And I'm not going to name names, but I know of a few linebackers that were very unhappy at the hiring of John Rushing. Again, decent guy, results-oriented business. But if you're Colin Schooler, for instance, you want to be coached by a linebacker coach. You don't want to be coached by a safeties coach. You are a linebacker trying to make the NFL. Whether you think you can make the NFL or not, the reality is that if you're a starting football player in college football, you're trying to make the NFL. And if you're being coached by a guy who doesn't know the position, your chances of making the NFL decrease dramatically. And so I would strongly assume That whoever someone hires that defensive coordinator, whether he's a linebackers coach or a safeties or whatever it may be, is going to fill the staff with guys that actually know how to coach certain positions. Like, I'm not saying Kyle Devan, go coach safeties. It makes absolutely no sense. And so you can make the case very strongly that the downfall of Marcel Yates this year, at least, was John Rushing. You can make the case that as soon as he hired John Rushing, it was the downfall. But let's just point to this year. It was you. You could make the case that Rushing hurt him considerably. All right. So the question is obviously, you know, why now? And there's a few reasons. Uh, number one, Marcel Yates' contract runs out in January 2020. Uh, it, it was. Not renewed. Obviously, it was not going to be renewed. Uh, he made $560,000. That's good for about 105th in the country. Um, and that's 105th out of all coordinators, not just defense coordinator. He actually makes uh, quite a bit more money than a few. I know he makes more money um, than the Oregon State defense coordinator. I know that he makes more money than Danny Gonzalez over at ASU. I know that he makes more money than Morgan Scally, uh over at Utah who's their defensive coordinator. Um, so he, he makes, and yes, I know it's crazy. I just mentioned three three names that you'd probably take over Marcel. But he makes uh, more money than those guys. So when you're taking a look at the Pac-12, Bob Gregory at Washington is another one. When you're taking a look at the Pac-12, it's a pretty competitive defensive coordinator salary. Um, you're not going to pay Marcel Yates another year to, to put up the results that he has. makes absolutely no sense. Uh, so you might as well just fire him now, because why are you going to wait till January? Which brings me to point number two, the early signing period. Maybe, if that didn't exist, you could finish out the season with Marcel. But the fact is that now that there's an early signing period, which is on December 18th, let's say you wait to the end of the season, after the ASU game, to fire Marcel Yates, you've now given yourself two weeks to close the signing period with no defensive coordinator. And I don't know when Arizona's going to hire a defense coordinator, but I at least know that you can now handle recruiting and saying, look, we don't have a defense coordinator. I'm going to make a good hire. You have to trust me here. Sign with Arizona. I promise we'll get it done. Or you can say, look, maybe you shouldn't sign early. Wait to see who we hire. You don't like it, so be it. But, you know, we hire a good defense coordinator. Come out, take an official visit. Or he'll give you a call. You could talk about him. Just wait. Just wait until the after. Now my guess, very strong guess, is that Arizona has a defensive coordinator by the early signing period. Whether that is Chuck Cecil or someone else, I just don't think Arizona goes into that early signing period without a defensive coordinator. Uh, The number three reason and maybe the most important reason out of them all is fan support. Um, You know, I I don't get mad after Arizona losses anymore. I've kind of shut that part of my brain out because um, it's just the business. Uh, but I know my wife, <laughs> she gets mad for me and she was pretty pissed after the Stanford game because um, well, I've been critical of Khalil Tate and, and he played two halves, uh, 31 points at Stanford should be enough to win that game uh, against a team that averaged 20 points a game. Um, Stanford had more points uh, than it's had all season and at halftime had more yards uh, than it averaged averages per game defense played fine in the second half played well in the second half but eventually you need to have two halves and against Washington played well got blown out against USC played well for like the first three series and then got blown out Hawaii was god-awful all right just no there wasn't any good defensively Hawaii. NAU I don't care about the depth Argument that Arizona used. Second half, embarrassing. Texas Tech, defense played well. UCLA, defense played well. You can't have a defense that plays well once every four games. You just can't do it. And and so, again, it, it just... I think basically, you know, the third reason, going back to that, is Kevin Sumlin needed to do something to get fans back in his good graces. Oftentimes, The first indication a coach is going to get fired is when fans start to turn on him and the attendance starts to go down and the 80s email box starts to fill up. And I'm not saying Kevin Sumlin deserves to be fired. I do not think he deserves to be fired. I don't think it's anywhere near that. Um, I think he has plenty of time left, especially just let him finish out his contract. I'm not in that boat. I'm not one of those angry fans. Uh, I think it's ridiculous to blame him this early because of those recruiting downfalls that I mentioned earlier, on both sides of the ball, really. Um, But this move, firing Yates says to the fans, and I tweeted this, I tweeted this on Saturday night after the game, I said, if I'm Kevin Sumlin, I'm pulling a Les Miles or a Mike Leach, I'm getting rid of a coordinator, and I'm showing fans that I care. Is firing Marcel Yates with four games left in the season going to turn Arizona's defense into one of the best in the conference? No. If it does, then Marcel Yates is a lot worse than the people listening now uh, thought he was. Is it going to improve the defense for at least one game? My theory is always if you fire a coach, a coordinator, whatever, um, the next game the team comes out motivated, something to prove, and all that. I think Arizona's defense plays well against Oregon State. I don't know how it plays the rest of the season, but I think it plays well against Oregon State. But the biggest thing is, overall big picture, is it shows, hey, Tucson, I care about winning. I'm dedicated to winning. This isn't me just hiring my friends as coaches or coordinators and keeping them around and being comfortable. I know a lot of people think that Kevin Sumlin is just being comfortable as that head coach of Arizona. This puts that to rest. It is I am making a change. Mediocrity is not accepted as long as I am coaching at Arizona, and I'm going to show you. And he brings in Chuck Cecil, who is... Forget how you feel about him as a coordinator. You like him, don't like him, whatever. There is no arguing that he is a player legend at Arizona. How many times have you seen his interception against ASU? Every time they play, it brings it up. You talk about the best defensive play in school history, that's right there. There is a reason why you make that hire. You make that hire because you think he is a good coach. You make that hire to show fans that you care. And you make that higher because Arizona fans aren't turning on Chuck Cecil anytime soon. The Arizona defense, and Chuck Cecil specifically, has Arizona's fans full support now. You say, look, I'm hiring one of the best Arizona defenders of all time to turn around this defense in the last four games. Maybe he will, maybe he won't, but Chuck Cecil and what he's done for this university, he deserves that opportunity. Boom, done, fan support, welcome back. <laughs> it's, a, it's PR 101. It really is. And I'm not saying that Chuck Cecil was just a PR move, but there is a very large component that is very advantageous to Kevin Sumlin's career at Arizona and the PR that he was receiving after the loss to Stanford. Uh, John rushing is a minor move. Replacing him with Hank Hobson, great move. The players absolutely love Hank Hobson. Everybody loves Hank Hobson. Really good dude. Um, You know, do I expect him to stick? Probably not. You got to assume that the new defense coordinator, whether it's Chuck or a new guy or whoever it may be, is going to want to bring in at least one or two of his own coaches. Um, and that'll be interesting as well, but we'll get to that in a, in a different podcast. But uh, if you ask Colin Schooler and a few other linebackers who they'd like as their linebacker coach, they probably would have quickly pointed to Hank Hopson. I know that there was a bit of an internal movement. Before rushing was hired uh, to make Hobson the guy, and the past year or so to make Hobson the guy because the players get along with him. He knows how to relate to him because it wasn't that long ago where he was a player. Uh, you know, is there going to be automatic, like, wow, a wow factor? No. But Hank Hobson is a future coach. He is a future linebacker coach, 100% future linebacker coach at this level. So it makes sense for Arizona to give him his first real opportunity. If he's not on the team next year as a coach, so be it. But at least they gave him a big step in the right direction, and he has something really strong to put on his resume because he is going to be a good linebacker coach in the future. Like I have very little doubt about that. He's one of those coaches where, even though he's a grad assistant or whatever it may be, I haven't heard one negative thing uh, about Hank Hobson as a person or a coach. So it's only a... A good move. Like, there's no downside. What's the downside to hiring Hank Hapson for four games? Is Arizona's linebackers going to get worse? No. (laughs) Is the defense going to get worse? I I hope not. Um, But it's going to be interesting. Uh, Coaching decisions are not easy. They're a big deal. This is only Kevin Sumlin's second season, so to make it early like this is also a big deal. But there's a reason. It is the right move. I, I just don't think... Uh, I talked to some high school coaches tonight um, and some seven on seven guys. And while each guy said that Marcel Yates was great to them and they hated to see him go, they understood why the move was made. Um, It it goes beyond simple passing numbers, Um, there's much deeper issues recruiting, foundational players getting along, etc., lack of respect amongst the staff, things like that, where eventually you lose your defense as a whole, whether the defense realizes it or not, and it's done. It's too late to turn back. Um, And so it's going to be interesting to see how the players respond this week. Um, Like I mentioned, it was kind of just an emergency podcast to discuss my thoughts on Marcel Yates. Uh, We'll have more information, more podcasts coming with candidates, Uh, another podcast with Oregon State game. There's basketball on Friday. Other than that, not much. Not much is going on, just your usual Uh, Firing of coaches, basketball game, homecoming, football game, etc. So we might get three podcasts this week. Um, I thank you for joining me. A couple things. Number one. Check out Wildcat Authority. We do have a candidate hot board. Um, It's not necessarily guys that Kevin Sumlin will or has contacted, but it's guys with connections to Sumlin that I think he'll reach out to in some way, shape, or form. It could be a quick, "Hey, you interested?" No. It could be something more serious, etc. So check that out on the front page of WildcatAuthority.com. If you sign up now, um, you get the first month for a dollar, I believe. And you know, hey. What, what more could you want with basketball season and football, et cetera? And another thing, please rate this podcast uh, five stars, obviously. Um, I would appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for joining me. We'll have a lot more content coming this week. Once again, this has been our first ever emergency podcast, Wildcat Scoot Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Jason Shear. Thanks again for joining me.